We are back. Welcome to Lobby Concessionals, the movie podcast where nobody's right and everybody's wrong. I'm Parker. That is usually Brandon. Uh, but we are welcomed today by Allison. Uh, say hi to the fans at home. Hello. Thanks. Okay. <laughs> good, good. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like you're nailing this. Yeah. If you're liking what we put out, like and subscribe, follow us along on our YouTube channel, on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on Amazon Podcasts, on any of a dozen other various podcast platforms, or on our social media, uh, all the links of which should be below uh, if Brendan is doing his job. <laughs> uh, today, we're doing a After the Credits episode, where we're taking a look at recent stuff that we have watched and seen and read and thought about. Enjoyed. Yeah. yeah. Well, not necessarily enjoyed, actually. That's oh, okay, okay. You know, engaged like, with. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um so this is my opportunity to just uh spew whatever garbage opinion I want to this week. Um Yay. that's why we brought Allison on board. Mm-hmm. So that you don't have to listen to just me. Um and so Allison. Brendan can take a break from <laughs> <laughs> garbage. Is that someone else can suffer for <laughs> like it, it's a non-zero part of it for right, sure yeah, for yeah. sure that 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 has some weight um so it's been a bit since we've done these uh it's probably been i think it's been a month now uh we ended up missing one uh due to uh we were on vacation and then brendan got sick and then uh, like either one or the other has been out of the country and oh it's it's a whole disaster but um uh brendan isn't here because of also being sick again uh so good um allison in the last month i guess we haven't seen you on the show for like six weeks probably but yeah it's been a while. let's say in the last month yeah. we'll try and keep it contained okay. uh what have you watched uh so it was the Queen of England's Jubilee, 70th Jubilee, Platinum, uh, this past weekend. And so a couple friends and I went... Sorry, for context, June what? Oh, sorry. Second, third? Uh, I just want to know for... Ju- like June 4th and 5th. 4th and 5th. Okay, yeah. cool, cool. It was like a four-day celebration, but... Um, yeah, so we decided to watch Downton Abbey, The New Era, which is the second movie there's two yeah so they had six seasons of a tv show and then two films now wow yeah yeah which was great because like the first film you you could have wrapped it up like it could have been done at the end but there was definitely a couple (laughs) of things that they did a lot of the upstairs so it's like uh the upper class is the upstairs and then the servants are the downstairs sorry hold up really quick yeah as someone that has never seen the show right um they couldn't have wrapped it up after six seasons well like they could have but like there there's always more it's about life right so like unless everyone on the show dies you've (laughs) still got more to go for right there's still other things happening in their lives but it, it doesn't feel like they're grasping at straws uh the second one felt like they truly wrapped it up like, Sorry, so it, this most recent one. Yeah, the second movie, this most recent movie, feels like it's truly um, a conclusive story. Okay. Like, I feel like everyone has an ending to their path kind of thing. 
Um, so that's quite nice. I think if they make a third movie, they're pushing it. Like, it would be rough. So you, as a hardcore Downton Abbey fan... Yeah, love it. ...would not be interested in a third? I think it would be very hard. Okay. Yeah. Like, I'd watch it, but it would be... <laughs> it, would, uh, it would definitely... Talk about creative integrity, right? <laughs> well, like, I want to see how they would do it, but I think uh, I think it would be really hard to to make a good movie. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Okay. Um, sorry, but the second one was good. You yeah. really enjoyed it. Yeah. There was a lot of great things. It just, it, it felt like it was um, a revisit to that world. Like, it just, mm. it, it fit so well. Like, I, I don't see, there was, like, I could be nitpicky. There was a couple of things, but, like... Overall, it just felt really wholesome and wonderful to go back. To That's good. Downton, yeah. How long has it been? Um. Well, sorry, I'm not even sure when the first movie came out. It's been a few years. But, but like, like the show ended, then the first movie. Yeah. And then this one. Yeah. So okay. show ended in 2015, I think. Okay. And then a movie a couple years later, and then another couple years. Okay. And, yeah, yeah. So they're pacing it pretty decently yeah. if they're gonna, you know, keep making films. So. Hopefully not. Well, yeah, but like if they were, like at the <laughs> yeah, very least, yeah. they are. It's not like they're just pounded them out immediately, no, you know. No. They were quite good. Yeah, they they gave it a break, but we want more. Except not anymore. <laughs> Except stop now. <laughs> we wanted more, and then now we're good. <laughs> um, well, as someone that again has never seen it, I want more than anything for this conversation to be over. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what else have you seen, Allison? Um, most recently, uh, TV wise, I watched the Stranger Things season four. That's what you should do is come on the movie podcast and talk about two TV, well, TV related at the very least projects. (laughs) Sorry, I didn't know we were so specific (laughs) with, uh, with what this podcast was. No, tell me about Stranger Things. I'm stoked about it. Uh, as, uh, eagle eye viewers can notice by my shirt. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, I, I I want to talk Stranger Things. Okay, okay. Do you, did you want to? Start no, 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 no. Or? Go ahead, go ahead. Okay. Um. Yeah. Very excited. I I think I was honestly after the third season, like, um, sort of disenchanted by it. Like, yeah. I don't. I totally get that. Yeah, and I don't even know if it was like I don't think the third season was bad. I just don't think I don't really like have a like. Oh, that was an amazing season, and I can't wait to watch the fourth season. It was just like. Oh yeah, I can't like Stranger Things season four. Great, like let's watch it. Kind of idea. Yeah. Um, and so not like a bad feeling about watching the se- the next season, but just not as I have to watch it immediately and let's go. Like I think there might have been an oversaturation aspect, and even like there wasn't even that much saturation. No. Uh, but it could have just been the timing because I was a huge fan on the first season. Mm-hmm. Like I told everyone and anyone i could about that show for sure um and then second season was the same i like obviously it became a worldwide phenomenon so like it wasn't like i was telling people about a thing that they already knew existed right um uh but i still like to wave my uh uh like Oh, I, I was an original. I was yeah, a true fan because I uh, I happened to just find it on Netflix. I think it was literally the day it came out. And by chance, I was like, oh, sure, I'll give it a shot. And then watched, you know, the first, I think, three or four episodes that night and went, oh, my God, like, this is amazing. Yeah. And decided, again, to yell at everyone I knew <laughs> about it. 
Um, and so now, as far as I'm concerned, I created Stranger Things. Mm, you know, right. so you're all welcome is what I'm getting at. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and if it wasn't for me, oh <laughs> it wouldn't have become the worldwide phenomenon. Yeah, um, that's No, but truly, uh, I, I found by the third season, I was excited. Mm-hmm. And I watched the season and enjoyed it mm-hmm. and, and had a good time. And, and it didn't even feel like there was any sort of drop in quality. But I don't remember finishing it being actively stoked about another one yeah like I, I just there was something that just didn't quite yeah yeah like didn't overwhelm or like yeah. make it something you wanted to talk about forever or yeah there, totally yeah yeah and i think they just kind of nailed the timing with this because for me i didn't have a lot exactly on my list and mm-hmm. so there was like i always have lots on the list mm-hmm. but um nothing that was really like new or too exciting right this moment and uh i was like yeah definitely stranger things let's go mm-hmm. um and then was head over heels absolutely in in love with the thing again like yeah. it was it took no time mm-hmm. and this was a long season like it's not even done no and there's seven episodes out and i believe it's still 10 hours of content yeah um yeah because some of them are like feature length film episodes like yeah it was like an hour and a half i think was the seventh episode so, i thought there was even one slightly longer than that like okay. I thought we were at, at one an hour forty five, but but even so, like holy smokes, yeah, it's yeah. a huge. Like I saw a couple of reviews that talked about the length and how they were upset about it. And frankly, as far as I'm concerned, there's no reason to be upset about it because I felt the pacing was perfect. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't have an issue with length. Yeah. Um, like for someone like me who has a very specific bedtime, and so when I go to watch a show that I think is going to be an hour. And it turns out to be like an hour and 45. Yeah, I, I could see being a little upset. Or like, well, I've got an hour and 15 minutes before I have to go to work. And this show should be an hour long or something, right? Like I sort of get that. So like how dare they make you look at the duration of the episode when yeah. you click the play button? Yeah. Well, no, because I'm prepared to watch it. And then now I can't. Or I have to or pause, you will. which is terrible. Yeah, or I'll <laughs> be late for my bedtime in this case, or late to work for whoever other people. But um, no, but I, like I think we've talked about this before with um, Netflix being able to have whatever episode length yeah. they need, and I do really appreciate that. And especially I think for Stranger Things, it just they're like I'd, I'd I'd like to rewatch it to see if I'd still feel that way on a rewatch but it it felt like it needed that time. I agree. And, and it was nice to not have to cut it for a specific time frame so that they could just tell the story the way that it needed to be tell, told and have the breaks when they needed the breaks. Right? Yeah. Um so that was that I do really appreciate that but it is something yeah you might want to be aware of before you get into it, right? Yeah. I like I don't think so. I truly think that was a a phenomenal cinematic experience. Like I as far as I'm concerned, sit down, shut up, watch the thing, you know? Um uh and it, I found it was compelling enough and it drew me in enough that I didn't even need to worry about the time. You yeah. know, like as a person that has a hard time watching things at home sometimes, I had no issues not looking at my phone. Yeah. Um like it was just oh god. The season is very engaging and I, like I think it's scary. Like, this season, to me, is way scarier than the previous seasons. I've heard this a couple of times from a few people, and yeah. I, I don't know if I agree. Like, I found there's clearly been horror elements involved in every single season of, of Stranger Things. 
this one has like it's definitely more slasher inspired i think this is the slasher season if any of them were yeah like um, more gruesome yeah aspects and so i think that makes it like i think to me that's more horror like I think the first season was a lot of unknown, right? So it's scary because you don't know what's coming sure. or you don't know what the bad thing is. Uh, whereas now we, we sort of have an idea. We're still obviously figuring things out. But this was more, yeah, just like gore. Yeah. Yeah, there was, again, the yeah. slasher elements. Um, yeah. I, I saw some guy online that mentioned that each season has been inspired by a particular something. Uh, I think movie. Uh, yeah, I think it's movie yeah. each time. Genre. Um, but number like the, the season number one is uh, is ET, mm. um, very ET inspired. Yeah. Uh, number two is oh my god, I am going to lose number two. Oh, number two is close encounters of the third kind. Oh, okay. Fourth kind. Third kind. Third kind. I think. Oh man, I'm gonna get roasted for this. Yeah. Um. Uh. Number three is Invasion of the Body Snatchers, and number four is Nightmare on Elm Street. And this oh. one is the most gratuitous to a point where, like, Dustin literally says it in an episode. Right. Uh, like he literally mentions Freddy Krueger and then actively explains it. Right. Uh. Yeah. So, like, they were really on the nose with this one. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I was wowed. Uh, mm-hmm. I think the guy and oh man, I should have looked up his name. Um, uh, but the new, are the, the newest cast member, Eddie, mm-hmm. was uh, extremely well done too. Yeah. He is, uh, frankly, I'm amazed that someone they put someone alongside Steve, Steve Harrington, uh, or like I guess actually I know his name, Joe Keery, yeah, and uh, and he managed to be as charismatic, yeah. Um, like given that we've had four seasons to get to know Steve, and he's had such a great arc. Seeing Eddie actually hold his own in a scene was awesome. So great. Oh man. Yeah. And I, that hair. Yeah. If Eddie was in my school, like I would have had such a big crush on him. Like, <laughs> like I love Steve now, but he definitely wouldn't have been my type. But Eddie's just yeah. Right up there for you. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Oh, okay. Nerdy, Checks a lot of boxes. Kind of crazy. Interesting. Yeah. Good yeah. to know. Noted. And he's uh, well, the actor's British, so like. I think a number of them are actually. Great. Um, I can't remember Eleven for is. a fact, but I thought Kiri was too. Joe Kiri, Steve, so. is he not? Okay. Anyway, again, shows yeah. goes to show that maybe yeah. I should come to this podcast prepared every once in a while. Yeah, it'd be great. I mean, um, <laughs> if I didn't have to run it, that'd be awesome. Uh, you done? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go back a bit okay. uh, because I never had an opportunity on the podcast because of how things worked out to talk about Doctor Strange. Um, now I would typically ask if you've seen it, but I actually, in this case, saw it with you. Yeah. Um, so I'm not going to ask that question, but I'm still going to give people a little bit of a chance to maybe pause the video, uh, if they don't want to hear spoilers about Dr. Strange. Um, as we've talked about before, I'm a big Marvel guy, so obviously I enjoyed it. Um, I personally, I was really excited about some of the Sam Raimi stuff and then I found all of the very specific Sam Raimi-isms uh, that were in the film disappointed me. Uh, or maybe not quite all. There was a couple horror, uh, or like, or I don't know, uh, but campy horror kind of stuff that was very clearly Evil Dead uh, or um, Drag Me to Hell kind of stuff. 
Um, the, the notable one that really stands out to me is uh, Wanda crawls out of that mirror at uh, America right. at one point, I think about halfway through the film. And, and that felt good. Like I was really, I, I was stoked to see that. Yeah. It looked creepy and it was perfect. And they, I think they did it really, really well. Um, but there was a few others in particular. I found his scene transitions are just brutal. And it's, it's been like that for forever. I, I find he has a tendency to use really like kind of basic film school techniques mm-hmm. and it shows and it comes across yeah. cheap in, in my opinion. I find them just so jarring and I think that's the biggest thing. Um, and actually that was some like at the beginning of the Downton Abbey movie, there was a couple jarring um, scene changes where it just cuts. And oh, really? I found Sam Raimi did that. Like he... There was just a moment where it go black and go to the next scene. Mm. And it was just sort of this jarring moment where it didn't really fit. Like I didn't feel like it enhanced or it wasn't a moment to sort of to jar you. Yeah, totally. In like a horror aspect or in a suspense aspect. To throw was, you off at all. Yeah. yeah. It was just like it, it felt like a bad cut. Yeah. They just done a bad scene change. Yeah. And so, it, yeah, yeah. So it sort of pulled me out for a moment where I had to be like, oh, okay, we're back. And yeah, there's a couple of those for sure. And, and that kind of stuff I wasn't super stoked on. And like, mm. frankly, it pulled me out enough personally that I think, like, I, I don't know if I would ever want to see Sam Raimi do a franchise film again. Yeah. Um, it, I think especially with a Marvel film, because they're so polished and because they're so sleek, I guess, or or... Um, no, cookie cutter is is probably a little bit cruel, but um, but their cookie cutter it feels out of place. Mm-hmm. You know, like the, the, there is a way that these films have been shot historically, and the fact that it just very specific moments of it aren't that way, it feels wrong. Um, well, and I think even if you take that aspect, it needs to be something drastically different. So it can't be, like, I think Sam Raimi is trying to fit it into the Marvel franchise with his own spin. Right? Sure. Like, like, which everyone's going to do. Yeah. But And they should do. Yeah, yeah. But if you are going to make it your, like, truly your own, um, maybe go the insane route. Like, go outside of that cookie cutter. Like, yeah. really go the far side, right? So, and I think that's what, like, initially they had been talking about this horror film. Yep. And and it was quite, um, I don't know, thrillery at points. And there were some, like, horrific aspects yeah. <laughs> during the film, for sure. So, like, um, but it just didn't feel, uh, yeah, it felt like it still wanted to fit in when it should have just gone and been excluded almost. Well, and, and there is zero percent chance they were ever going to do a true horror movie, yeah. unfortunately. Um, and like Scott Derrickson, the director of the first one, and then the um, partial door, like he started as the director for this one, yeah, uh, and then was uh, sorry for Doctor Strange, Doctor Strange, yeah, yeah. Um, for both Doctor Strange films, yeah, and then they were let he was let go because of creative differences because he wanted to make it a true he wanted to make a horror, horror. film, and that's how he had pitched the first one, right? And it's so it's disappointing because basically they said to him, no, like prove yourself, and he was yeah. like, fine, I'll I'll show you I can make this movie yeah. the way you want me to make it, and then you can let me make the movie I want to make, and and then they still didn't let him do that, mm. which sucks. Um, and granted, I don't know if he would have been able to pull off a horror movie that would have satisfied, yeah. Um. 
But it, it is zero, like it's not a surprise at all that they decided not to go ahead with a horror movie. Yeah. I get it. Like that's not the audience. Um, but, you know, you hope when you get someone like Sam Raimi that you, you we get a little bit more um, of what Taika managed to do with mm-hmm. the MCU where it truly does feel like his own creation. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, Brandon and I have talked about this before about how when you, you truly get artists involved in the MCU and let them do their own thing, it shows. Yeah. Um, you know, that uh, Thor Ragnarok is a great example, but um, the, the Russell brothers um, did a lot with Captain America and definitely mm-hmm. took Captain America in a different direction than, uh, uh, I believe his name is Joe Johnston or Johnson the director of Captain America, the first Avenger, he had a very different take and a very, it it feels different. Yeah. Um, And then what the Russell brothers did with uh, the next two Captain America films and then the uh, two Avengers films, you know, like it still does feel like they're, their movies. Like they still obviously still feel very MCU, very Marvel, but I think some of those people put their stamps on it. And I just wish, I, I don't know. I guess you're right. I wish Sam either really did and it was very distinctly a Sam Raimi film yeah. or he just didn't at all. Yeah. You know? Because that's also my other thing is I feel like he hasn't really evolved as a director. Like it, like. Yeah. And, I can see it. Yeah. And I don't think that's a, like, I think it's great to have your uh, style and to continue that style and to have it throughout decades like that's totally fine but it just didn't yeah it it didn't fit maybe just with my perspective now on films now that I've been able to watch a lot more yeah it's not 2001 Spider-Man or is that right 2002 I don't know uh you may have nailed it you did right somewhere around there you know plus or minus yeah yeah like it's not it's not that era anymore so maybe I've changed and Sam Raimi is totally fine doing the same thing (laughs) (laughs) but um yeah, it just, it was, yeah, not different enough, but then a little bit too different to fit. Yeah. It was kind of, yeah. So the uh, the other thing I want to talk about with uh, Doctor Strange was the the big, massive spoilers. Um, so some people were upset about the cameos and stuff. Personally, I liked them. I liked the casting, uh, and I liked the throwback. You know, I liked that we get to see Haley Atwell mm-hmm. in there again as Captain Carter. It's awesome. Um, I think it was cool that Anson Mount got a, another run at being Black Bolt. Yeah. Um, you know, no one saw that show, like, uh, in humans. So I'm glad they felt he was good enough to bring him back for this moment yeah. to die. Um uh, and I was it was great to see Patrick Stewart as a different version of Professor X. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then obviously Krasinski. Um, now, Brendan and I need to have this discussion at some point because we already have had this discussion over text mm-hmm. and uh, he has some good points to make. But um, either way, I was it was great to see all those people, especially because it implies that they are going to be maybe cast in those roles again in the future when we see those characters come back. Um but I think my biggest disappointment with the whole movie, outside of the Sam Raimi stuff, is the what they ended up doing with Wanda. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I just think that they left her in such a good place and they gave her such a good arc in WandaVision. Mm -hmm. And then a lot of this feels like, maybe not a betrayal, but a betrayal of that. Uh, And and this isn't quite as nuanced and she just, it's like, oh, well, she just murdered a bunch of people and we have to be kind of okay with that. Well, again, it's, yeah, it's this, um, she seemed more of an Avenger, like they were pushing towards her being. And then, yeah, WandaVision's a setback for her, trying to come to terms with what she's lost yeah. and then we get to this movie and it's like WandaVision didn't happen but also it did happen because it has to further the plot of this movie mm-hmm. but it's as if like none of the uh yeah the character development character development yeah. from the film or from the tv show had come into this plot and I think that's a little bit of it like the the characters didn't feel like they were understood for the whole arc well and so I did do some digging online. Mm. People have pointed out the fact that she has um, the MacGuffin for this this movie. Uh, for context, yeah. is called the Darkhold, and it's a um, dark sorcery book yeah. uh, that Wanda ends up getting. And there is multiple references made throughout the film that it corrupts people. So, right. it, like, there is it, it is reasonable to look at it as, well, she was corrupted by the dark hold, the thing that does the corrupting. Yeah. So therefore she's not, she's still the same person underneath. She is being corrupted by evil magic. Yeah. But like then sort of show that, I guess that well, corruption, like it seemed too instantaneous. So I, I guess the argument is, is they did with Steven. There was alternate versions right. of Steven that were corrupted by the dark hold. So they do some of that. But I, I don't know if it's done well enough. Like, so that's yeah. where I agree with you is the fact that you are leaving this movie after they talk about it kind of constantly yeah. and you still feel like they haven't done a good enough job. Guys, what did you do? Like yeah. you, you dropped the ball here because you have, you know, intelligent moviegoers walking out and still not understanding exactly what you were trying to do with this character. Yeah. Um, but I, And I think part of the reason we never understand it is because it's not Wanda's movie. Yeah. Um, is that it's she's effectively not even a point of view character. Like we don't see why she's doing things. We just, she's the character we're reacting to. And so not being able to even get a little bit of her internal thought process makes it tough. Yeah. She's the one that she's told us her villainous plan and that's the perspective we get. Yeah. Um, And I think that's part of it too. And and that's how I felt with, I, I liked the first Doctor Strange film but I just don't feel like Doctor Strange is that strong of a character in his own films. Like, hmm. I feel like he's not really the guy that we're following. We're following the people who are interacting with Doctor Strange. So who are you thinking we're following in this? Like, is it America Chavez or you mean yeah, Wanda? Yeah, like America or... Um, Wong? Wong, yeah. Like, basically anyone <laughs> else. <laughs> but Doctor Strange shows up and... Like he's there to help, kind of idea. So I, I, yeah, I just don't feel like he has that power in his own film, which is weird to me. That's very interesting, and especially because I think Benedict Cumberbatch is a good actor, and I think he does the character well. From like, I haven't read any of the comics, but sure. I think he seems good. Um, so it, yeah, and and as a powerful actor himself, I think it's very strange that he doesn't command. Like he, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like they don't know what to do with him. They're like, huh. you're a powerful sorcerer, but we're just going to put you on the side here. Well, it, it, there is always an element of that that, you know, uh, they kind of make up things for him to, or wake up, 
make up things for him to try. Yeah. You know, every movie. So, like, in Spider-Man, for instance, he, you know, tries out this memory reversal spell. And there's even a throwaway joke about them having used it before to, yeah. you know, uh, make Wong forget about a party. Yeah. Um, but they never do that in Multiverse of Madness. Like, no. Wanda's issue is the fact that she is obsessed with her kids. But make her forget the kids. Like, we didn't even try that, yeah. you know? Um, uh, so, stuff like that. that you know, you, they're just going to throw stuff at them and, and be like, yeah, I guess you can do this now. Yeah. So, I, I think some of it is intrinsic to the character. Like, if they did that in the comics uh, for forever, that they just forget he could do these other things. Or right. they come up with some reason why he's no longer able to. or And, like... I get it. It's going to be that way a little bit, but it is very interesting that you don't think he, he, uh, like the character can command a presence on screen. Yeah. And maybe that it's just not like, I liked him in, uh, infinity war. And so I don't, yeah, it's just something, something about him. He's not the main guy. <laughs> uh, in the, uh, before we get off this topic too, yeah. I, uh, um, our, one of our more recent guests, CJ, uh, had mentioned to me that his uh, oh man, this is a whole train. CJ's fiance mentioned oh. uh, that um, uh, that she was really upset about how Wanda's whole motivation is her children, and so mm. the feeling that okay, well, if a woman doesn't have kids, oh. then she no longer like she has nothing to live for, sort of like yeah. that's how that's how Wanda comes across in this. And I've never thought about it that way, given that I am not a woman. <laughs> Um, uh, but it w- it's a really good point of, yeah. man, we kind of taken a, her down a notch. Like it, it's weird that she's motivated now exclusively by one thing. Mm-hmm. And like, I'd like to expand that believing that it's a connection to vision. It's something about like a connection to family because she's lost all of her family. Right. Yeah. So theoretically having, uh, children is this connection of like these are my blood, these are my my family kind of idea. Um, so I yeah I sort of see that, but it also yeah is strange to me like why aren't we why isn't it is there not a world with vision that you could also go to? Is it just your kids? Why like yeah like what's the the logic falls apart in a lot of these movies when you really pick at it yeah, for sure. <laughs> um. But I, yeah, I think, I don't know, I don't have children, so obviously, like, I think there is a, a passion that you have when you have a connection with something that's your living, breathing, like, something you've created, right? She but, had kids for, like, four days, in fairness. And she didn't even give birth to them. Was it four days? It felt like decades. Um, <laughs> um, well, yeah, but, like, well, she gave birth to them. She carried them for, Did like, she? a day. She, yeah, was, so they, she was pregnant. Oh, she was. She was. Yeah. yeah. But, like, like, I guess my point is, is that it's a little bit different than, you know, like, literally going through body changes in a pregnancy. Yeah. You know, like, she literally, I don't know. I've never got to know anyone in, in the context of five days that makes me care about them that much. <laughs> wow. Um, no, that's true. Yeah, that you would, like, kill other people to <laughs> yeah. in your life. Yeah. Yeah, I, like, I, I totally understand that argument with it's a, it is a, um, a very singular mindset of, like, female nurture. Like, we are the ones that look after the children. And yeah. we are the ones that are so connected and we're the ones that would die for them, right? Like, that kind of aspect but 
they need to make her crazy somehow. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, and and that's a good point too. Is just that at the end of the day, I enjoyed the movie. Yeah. Um. You know, I, I it feels like I've just been dumping on it, but um, but I did enjoy the movie. Um, and I did like the fact that we got to see like they found some way for uh to give us uh Wanda attacking the Avengers uh yeah. in a way that was you know theoretically had consequences. It doesn't because it was a different universe, but yeah. like um. Well, we can pretend. Yeah. And I like to see her using uh, crazy abilities because I think that was always the question. Like, how powerful is she? What, sure. What is she capable of? And so I think that was really cool to see sort of some of that tested and see some of those limits or the potential that she has. Um, but again, is that going to come up later? Is no. she going to be around later? Yeah. Like, what's what's the plan here, guys? You're just... You just gave me what I wanted, but then now... Well, and they're going to nerf her the second that she's against a uh, someone bad again. You know, the second yeah. she comes back to the good, yeah. she will no longer be as powerful. Like, <laughs> yeah. Wanda in Multiverse of Madness could very easily have killed Thanos. And I understand that some of that is the Darkhold, too. Mm-hmm. But, like, we weren't at that point. It's like, she wasn't anywhere near this strong. No. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I'm going to stop yelling about Doctor Strange. Okay. Um... I did want to switch gears a bit and uh, discuss uh, Top Gun Maverick. So literal gears. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, and I have historically, or I have famously not mm-hmm. been a fan of the original. Or not a huge fan. I think it's overrated. Yeah. Um, there's, there's good bits to it for sure. But I think that there's a lot of tension that just doesn't exist in that movie um they don't really have a like everything that happens in that movie is sort of happening to them there's no real point to a lot of it like the 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 problem they're trying to fix through most of the film is who is going to be number one in class yeah um, it's training i, I didn't yeah. feel like they were really doing there's no stakes yeah like um, an actual mission yeah. yeah and so even when when they because i think the the big climax is they have a couple russian migs that show up and they have to like deal with that. But even then I found myself thinking, well, yeah, but you guys are training, you know, like, why don't you call some actual fighter pilots to come in here and, ha- and save the day? You know, people that actually know what they're doing. Yeah. Um, and like, it, it seemed really strange to me that that was just never even addressed. Yeah. Like yeah. never optioned, you know, like I, if, if I was on my first week at school and uh, you know, an actual threat occurred, I would want my supervising someone to handle that problem. You know, like I am here to learn, not to die. The spreadsheet isn't auto summing. <laughs> what do I do? Okay, first of all, I know how to solve that problem. <laughs> and secondly, do not compare my real world job to what we're discussing here. How dare you? <laughs> um, but I loved it. Um, I think that the Top Gun Maverick improved in every way beyond the original mm-hmm. um like all of my little issues um they are not a problem with top gun maverick it is first of all an incredible sequel secondly as far as i'm concerned the best top gun movie i understand there's only two but still <laughs> um uh thirdly it's an incredible popcorn movie like I, I don't think we've seen a true popcorn blockbuster flick like this for like quite a few years mm-hmm. um and then on top of that Stop my boy Tom Cruise. Yeah. So, and he, remarkably, he decides to go shirtless 
in a beach scene as a 60-year-old man with a bunch of 20-something. Maybe 30, like early 30s, depending on who we're talking about. Um, But, like, that was impressive. There's definitely a shot of him you get that, you like, you kind of get a look at his him like full on mm-hmm. and it's like oh that that's still the belly or the chest of a 60 year old that is in extremely good shape and like do not misunderstand he is in exceptionally good shape better shape now than i will be in my entire life um but still it does show it's like oh okay good his age exists like th- this is something that's actually impacting him in a kind of negative way yeah Man, the confidence on that guy to yeah. get beyond... Like, because he's a producer on it, too. He could have cut the shot. Or, like, I'm wearing a shirt. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> that would have been anything. perfectly reasonable because he still looks great all the yeah. time anyway. Man. I know. That was Ugh. a great beach scene. That An incredible beach scene. should have just kept going, really. That should have been most of the movie. <laughs> oh, man. Well, and that's my argument with the first one, is that if the first movie is basically... If the linchpin of that first movie is the the volleyball scene, yeah, and they uh, and then it transitions to a love story about Maverick and Goose, <laughs> that's the movie I want to see. Yeah. That's a far better film than what we got. Yeah, <laughs> but no, that beach scene, yeah. like the fact that they put the Miles Teller, um, I think someone someone called it something recently, um, the Rooster Shuffle or something. Is yeah. his, his name is Rooster? Yeah, like his call signs Rooster. Signs. Um, but the fact that that's in the trailer and then it's still just as satisfying when you're watching it in the, uh, in the theater is a testament to what Miles Teller has done on the screen there. (laughs) Yeah. Those acting chops. I mean, who? (laughs) He's actually incredible. I love that guy. He is. And And he looks great with that mustache. He does. Usually I'm not really a fan of mustaches. Like some people can pull them off, obviously, but, uh, Younger people, too, especially, I think. Yeah. It's just a weird choice. Tends to be tough. Yeah. But no, he, yeah, he did a really good job. I was worried. The first couple of stills I saw when it was first being promoted ages ago, I was like, oh, I don't know. He doesn't really look like Goose. Like, it's not going to, it's it's not the same or it's hard or whatever. And then in the movie, you're like, no, this is perfect. Works out. Yeah. And I didn't actually have, like, I, I'm bad with some of that stuff anyway. Like, and obviously, given the fact that they are not, literally related um it's it's hard it's a hard sell but um but i didn't actually have much of an issue visually like i honestly Mm -hmm. think they look pretty good um kind of the whole time like and there's a couple key moments that they do very intentionally to set up parallels yeah um and but those are just pulled off quite well um that i i think it kind of that that does a lot of the heavy lifting for it you know but yeah, overall, I, I think the same thing. I was actually like stressed at points. Yeah. And like, because I think that was the big thing with the first film as well. Um, the original Top Gun, I didn't get that uh, this is a, a life or death situation. I, totally. Like I didn't feel as concerned, uh, which I know I, I still probably should have. But I guess too, like I watched it late. I didn't watch it when it came out. Yeah. Yeah. And, and same with me. Yeah. So, so maybe that was it. Like maybe it would have been more impactful then, but, um, this one, it just, yeah, I could feel the pressure and I could feel the intensity. And so normally I'm a let's rewatch movies immediately or like I'll even go the same weekend maybe. So we'll watch it Thursday and I'll watch it again on Sunday or something or Tuesday. I'll go cheap. Um, but for this one, I was like, I don't even know. I like, I want to watch it again because it was great, 
but I like I'm actually stressed. I don't know if I can <laughs> sit through it again. Like um, I had the opportunity a couple days later to go again, and I was like, no, I think I'll I think I'll wait a little longer, <laughs> <laughs> but not in a bad way. Just in a like, it was so good that I I just felt so into it the whole time. And I felt like I was in the cockpit, like freaking out also. So, well, and and that is a um, it's a good point too. Is they did a incredible job with the cockpit shots. Because um, that was, I think, one of my other issues with Top Gun, uh, the original, is that there's not a lot of that. Mm-hmm. First of all, I understand it's very very hard to get cockpit shots, and um, technology is advanced in a way that they, I think, they literally shoved six cameras into uh, the cockpits. When they had them going up, um, but I believe the original, a lot of it, from what I remember anyway, is just it's just very kind of like stock navy footage, right? Um, and so you don't really get a lot of of in cockpit, and if you do, um, you're not seeing out because um, that was the other thing here is you got a lot of kind of like point of view shots, yeah, um, where you could see what they would be seeing, yeah, um, and and that's because. They were literally in those jets. Um, and then watching the actors take the G's yeah. um, was also really cool. First of all, because, again, they're, you know, effectively supermodels, right? Like, these people look amazing. Um, and they look really bad when they're taking those G's. Yeah. Um, you know, they age like 30 or 40 years right there. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of incredible in itself that those actors are willing to, again, let those shots be used. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but it's also really cool to see. Yeah. Oh man, I, I can gush about this movie all day. Like yeah. they just did such an incredible job, as far as I was concerned. So did you sign up for the Navy? Like, are you? <laughs> they uh, they didn't have any uh, booths outside oh. the theater I was at. So um, otherwise, I would have been right there. Yeah. Um, the Air Force was there, and then I laughed at them and said, "You're not even in the movie." Uh, and, <laughs> this is the Navy. And the guy was very sad. Yeah. <laughs> Um, no, I live in Canada. Oh, we right. don't have a military <laughs> or like hardly. Ah. I'm so sorry to all of our yeah, uh, Canadian armed, military uh, men and women armed. Yeah, what was the armed yeah. forces? Is that the yeah, yeah. Canadian armed forces? Yeah, um, I I understand that the zero of them watch this show, but uh, you know, if and when that does happen, yeah. I am truly sorry. We know you exist and we appreciate you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. Um, but I will make fun of your recruiters. <laughs> I am sure you can agree with me on that. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was just overall, I think, a great film. And I'm happy. I think everyone should watch it. And, yeah, I agree. And it is. It's, it's I'm like, maybe not kids, but uh, like 10 10 years old to 80 years old can watch it. So it's a nice like family film. Yeah. Like you could probably bring kids to this. Honestly, like there's not like blood or anything. And there is, um, and the action is not much different than what you get in a pretty standard Avengers movie. Yeah. No, I like my six year old niece went and she was just sort of meh. (laughs) <laughs> like, oh. she wasn't as entertained i think as... i could see them being bored yeah, yeah 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 um like still fun but it is it is loud like they're in the planes that's loud there are some parts so i mean you do have to consider that not just a plot base but like the action that's happening is that going to be intense? yeah 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 and there is a fair amount of uh boots on the ground uh 
uh, scenes. Like yeah. so, that was one of my issues with the first one is that it, it seemed they kept going back to this romance that I didn't care about. Yeah. Um, but the um the dramatic scenes in this one that weren't in a cockpit. Um, I felt were really worthwhile. They, yeah. I think they did a way better job with those two and that the actors that they used were able to sell uh, emotions or had chemistry in a way that yeah. I didn't really feel in the first. Um, uh, and again, we go back to, you know, the only people as far as I was concerned that really had chemistry in that first movie was Maverick and Goose. Yeah. So, um, and they sell that here really, really well. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there's also a really nice... Uh, uh, some nice bits with Val Kilmer yeah. um, that I was quite happy about. It's, it, yeah, it, it was a nice, touching tribute to mm-hmm. um, not only his character and um, but just him as a person and as an actor. And you know, yeah. it was nice. Great for his life situation. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, I don't have too much more to add. Uh, I feel like I've yelled enough. But if you want to f- wrap us up at all. Uh, only thing I wanted to mention, and unfortunately, I've only watched the first two episodes, but of um, Heartstopper. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's on Netflix. It's um, about... It's the British drama, right? Yeah, British uh, teenage gay boy in an all-boys school. Oh, okay. Um, and is, it, is it based on a book? Yeah. Yeah, yeah okay, it is. Yeah, based on a book. Um, but the first two episodes are just so heartfelt and giddy mm. and like amazing the soundtrack's amazing and i'm just i don't know like i need to sit down and watch the rest i haven't had a lot of time lately um so i've and i sort of pushed it i watched stranger things first and then sure so now um but it's honestly the first two episodes like i don't know how it could get bad from here basically oh wow like, i think it's just it's it's so lovely so and anyone big in it <clears throat> Um, oh, uh, Olivia Coleman is oh, okay. one of the parents. Um, but, but sorry, I, the leads are kind of nobodies? Yeah, I don't think they, or if they were in something, like they would have been really young children. Sure, so sure, sure. nothing that I recognize anyone from so far. Um, so yeah, just Olivia Coleman, I think is the only one that's stood out. Oh, cool. But, and then, uh, is it just for teens? Like, you know, I, I know you tend to... There's some of those uh, movies and shows that you would watch that aren't like explicitly aimed at at yeah. your demographic, but no, I it is obviously a teen show, I think, but um, I I think it's something that everyone should watch, or, okay, or, or, and could enjoy. Like it's it's not sex, drugs, and violence. So if that's all you go for, then obviously you're not going to enjoy it. this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's just. I squeal when I watch the first two episodes. Mm. Like, I'll be sitting there and something will happen and I'll be like, ooh! <laughs> so, uh, sorry if that burst anyone's eardrums. But, um, yeah, it is just, it's that feeling. So, I, if you want that feeling, definitely something to check out. Okay. Okay. Uh, good recommendation. Uh, and, I, and I believe, like you mentioned it, and I think I've, I've heard some, uh, some good things. I believe I've... Mm. Um, uh, seen some buzz about it. So yeah. I don't think you're alone in this. Yeah. Uh, you know, like it's not like you're just being crazy or something. No, I have quite a few friends who, yeah, have just told me that I am crazy for <laughs> not having watched all of it oh. immediately. Okay. Yeah. They're like, how did you only do two episodes and then stop? And I was like, I'm busy. <laughs> so. <laughs> all right. 
Um, well, given uh, just how long we've seemed to natter on, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. So maybe we'll never invite you back. Uh, uh, but there's also a chance that this is, you know, what's going to fill seats. Yeah. So uh, we promises, might see you promises. again. You keep telling me you'll never see me again. And then <laughs> here I am. Yeah, yeah. Um, but thanks for coming on. And we'll maybe see you again there's no way we won't there's zero percent chance but uh and uh yeah we'll see everyone else next week or sorry later in the week